Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Um, I want to say before I, I uh, get into everything, you know, I know that uh, worship teams, it's, um, it's common that there's some strategy in the songs that we sing on a Sunday morning. Uh, but can I just say that the set that you guys did about the goodness of God was no accident. And it wasn't just something that sounded great, all strung together. But um, Brenda, I think is her name. I don't know where you are. Uh, but when you were just singing that it's, this isn't the end, it's just the beginning. And that's what I heard the Lord say over this church. It is just the beginning um, of just a measure of goodness that is unexperienced or not experienced here before. And um, I'm just excited for all of the things that God has in store, things that you didn't even expect, you didn't even know were coming. And the Lord is going to begin to do those things in this place. So... I bless you with that today. Um, so, so good to be here. Uh, so much of our lives is rooted in this place. Uh, if you've heard my husband speak before, he's, he'll give you the rundown. But um, if this is your very first time or you're new and you're like, who are these strange people? Um, we, let me just tell you a little bit. This is where uh, we did serve. We served as youth pastors here a long time ago. Um, my husband asked me to marry him right across the street at The Rock. I don't know if that's still what it's called or not. Um, I wouldn't suggest that's where you do proposals, but that's where our story started. And we are still married today, so we did something right. Um, we got married in this place. Our three babies were dedicated here. Uh, just, just so much life for us. All of our really, really big moments um, are tied to this house. And so it's always special to get to come back. And um, you guys, your pastors, are they not just the most amazing people? Um, yes. We go back with you guys uh, just a few years, right? And um, love the journey that the Lord has had you on, and now you are here, and you've been leading for quite a while now. And with the new name change and just the new season that God has, we are cheering you on. And um, I was telling Pastor Chris this morning to share a platform on a Sunday morning is no small thing, and it's not lost on me, so I'm incredibly honored and humbled um, for entrusting me with that, so thank you guys so much. Um, a couple of scriptures I'm going to read to you, and I think they'll be up on the screen. Um, I'm going to go ahead. They're a little long, so stay with me, okay? Don't check out too soon. No falling asleep. Uh, Romans 4, 17 through 21 is the first one. It's talking about Abraham. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who, contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And then the next one is Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known, and have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. 
His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount it with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it is spirit and life. It's active and living. Lord, as I speak this morning, may it not be me, but may it be your words through me. Lord, I thank you for open hearts, open ears, and Lord, that would be sensitive to everything that you want to do and say. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so just a disclaimer, because I've already felt myself once, you know, you should probably never get up and speak in shoes that you've never worn before. And so I've already felt myself um, a little shaky, and it wasn't nerves, but I caught my foot. So if you see something, just go with it. It's okay. Um, So I'm very much aware of it. Uh, So just to get that out of the way. All right. Today, I wish that I could tell you that we're going to get to camp out in that part of the verse that we all know, the part that says, God who brings life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they exist. I mean, it's the standard scripture so many times, a a default of mine, thing that I run to when I need God to move in an impossible situation and even to do a creative miracle. Absolutely love that scripture. It makes me so excited. But yet, it is not where the Lord has me today. Rather, it is going to be uh, centered out of that first passage, verse 20, talking about Abraham. And I'm talking about the space of time between when the Lord gives us a promise, when that promise is made, and then when that time, um, when the promise is fulfilled. So today we're talking about the gap, which also happens to be the title of this message. The gap, very simple. We all know what a gap is. But let me give you the Wikipedia version. Gap is defined as a break or hole in an object, an unfilled space or interval, a break in continuity, or as my husband would tell you, my favorite store and one that gets a lot of our money. Our time is going to center around the story of Abraham. As you know, most of you probably know, he had a wife named Sarah. They were old and they were childless. She could not conceive. And we find their story in the book of Genesis. Um, This particular part of the story about them not having children and then the promise of what God did is found in Genesis 12 through 21. And the Lord said to Abraham in Genesis uh, 15, he says, you know what? I am going to make your descendants great. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And Abraham would go on and be like, but Lord, how? You've given me no children. And the Lord, through those chapters in Genesis, says, I'm going to give you a son. And so he, at the age of 75, gets this direction from the Lord, gets this promise. I don't know about you, but being 75 and, I mean, being 40-something and thinking about having another kid, like, I'm like, oh, Jesus, no, I can't imagine being 70, and he said, well, you may not want to raise your hand, I don't know, Um, but if that's you, can you imagine being told you're going to have a child? But then the kicker of the whole thing is that it doesn't happen immediately. Abraham is 100 years old before this child comes. Like, I can't even fathom, right? So over these few chapters, uh, there's a span of 25 years in Abraham and Sarah's life Uh, that just some bullet points are hit, some highlights. Obviously, there's not enough time to document every moment in 25 years, so we have a lot of gaps. 
you know, a gap is an interesting place to be. You can't say the middle because the middle is when you're in the center of something with two equal distances on either side of you. Uh, take my children, for example. Micah is our middle child. Micah, raise your hand. You, you don't want me to make you stand up, right? No. Okay, I'll be kind. Um, Micah is our middle child. We have Zach, who's our oldest, and Malia, who is our third child. So Micah is exactly right in the center. When Jay and I first got married, and some of you were here uh, for that several, or 18, almost 18 years ago now. It's a good thing I remembered, right? Um, when Jay and I got married, you know, you have these plans of what you want your family to look like and what you want your life to look like and um, how many children you're going to have. And then, as you all know, you make your plans, and then life happens, and things turn out differently than what you thought it would be. Uh, we, before I had Zach, we had a couple miscarriages, and just a season of not knowing, Lord, is this going to happen? We want kids, but, like, something's not working, and we don't know if this is ever going to really happen. And I remember, I, I think the year was about 2004, um, there was a presbytery that happened here in this place actually one night, and that's just a, a collective of ministers, um, a team of people who came in, and I don't remember where they were from, uh, but they came in, and I remember Jay and I going up to get prayer, and, and they were just there. They would prophesy and pray over anybody who wanted it, and so literally it was right here. Um, there was a gentleman that prayed over us, and he said, you are slotted for children, and I believe that your first one will be a boy, and sure enough, Zach was first. Now, the one thing that I find interesting, and maybe you do too, if you've ever gotten a word from the Lord like that about something like, yes, there is a desire of your heart that he's going to bring a pa to pass, that many times, at least 100% of the time for me, maybe that's not for you, um, there's always one detail that is left out, and that's the when something's going to occur. Uh, you have the what, you don't know the how, but never the when, right? Isn't it funny how the Lord chooses to leave that out? Um, I'm sure he thinks it's rather funny, actually. But God told Abraham, you, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're going to have descendants, and I'm even going to give you a son in your old age. But he did not tell him when. What I want to share with you today is what we do in those big gap spaces of our lives. And... Um, what the Lord wants to do for us in those places. So uh, I could say I didn't do it on purpose, but I kind of did. I do have three points that may or may not coordinate with the, the name GAP, and um, it, GAP stands as an acronym today. So point number one, God is there with an invitation. In the GAP, God is there with an invitation. In that space of uncertainty where impossibility reigns. He stands in the middle of that space and actually extends an invitation for us to be with him. You know, the word says that he's never going to leave us and never going to forsake us. Uh, the gap is a rather holy place. We don't see the mundane as holy, do we? We see holy moments as those that are like right here a few moments ago in worship or maybe on a Wednesday night um, or maybe a small group gathering or a flourish night. But we don't generally view washing the dishes as a holy moment or driving to work as a holy moment or all of those in-between spaces. And yet, 
I believe, and I've known in my own life, those are the very moments that God is extending an invitation to say, I am right here and I am with you. Um, if you will just receive it. It's those unfilled places in our lives where we're waiting for the promise to come, and it's just not here yet, and yet he is very much there. But we want the thing that we pray for, right? We want the it. That's what we're waiting on. It's like, God, you're great, but we, we really, really, really want the answer to prayer. We want that man or woman that we've, been, um, that we've had our eyes set on and want to marry. We want the kids when our arms are empty. We want that amazing job, and we want the completed healing in our lives. We want the it. Um, can I just tell you, for all of the crying and um, the sleepless nights and the agonizing over these children that we wanted, and now we have them, thank the Lord, and we're so incredibly thankful for them. But these same kids that we so wanted that the Lord blessed us with, they want to eat, and they grow, and they need new shoes and new clothes, and their shoe game is not cheap by far because there's a basketball player's name attached to every pair of shoes that they want. And so now the big prayer for us is, Lord, it's no more children, but, Lord, we really need to win, win the lottery. Please, Jesus. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> the gap. We don't know when the promise is coming. But the Lord, he wants to give it to us, and he will in his time. But sometimes we have to wait. What would it be like? What do you think it does to his heart when we can get to a place where we're like, Jesus, if you never do it, if you never give me the kids, if I never get married... I never get out of debt, if I never see the manifestation of complete healing on this side of heaven, I will still love you, and I will still praise you, and I will still serve you because you're worthy, and I am yours. What does that do to his heart? But when we have the answer, we don't necessarily look to him as sustainer, as the all-in-all, -all, as the great I am. And yet these moments, these unfilled places are the perfect place, the perfect moments to find and to discover new places in him that we didn't even know existed or we hear talked about, but then they become so real to us. You don't know God is healer unless you've had to walk through a situation that you've needed a big miracle on. You don't know God is provider necessarily if you have a six-figure job and which and those things are great and not to say you don't have needs but for someone that is struggling or for someone that has cancer you don't know those places of God intimately for yourself unless you've had to walk unless you've had to walk that out and that's the thing that's what God wants to reveal himself to us today we don't know everything that Abraham did during this time, but we do know that God entered into covenant with Abraham before Isaac was even born. He partnered with God to bring about kingdom purposes on the earth, and that's what he wants to do with you today, even before the promise arrives. So in the gap, God is there. He's there with an invitation. Number two, acceptance. Accepting his invitation means saying yes. But do you know what you're saying yes to? 
You're saying yes to waiting. How exciting is that, right? It's like RSVPing for an event when you don't know the place or not, I'm sorry, not the time or the date. You're RSVPing and you're like, what, I, but this makes no sense. Like I'm going and it's going to happen, but I don't know when. I don't know how. Like who does that? We don't ask people to do that because we live in a framework of time. And yet when we say yes to the Lord, he's like, all right, yes. I'm not going to tell you when. How we act in that waiting time matters. I would venture to say that no one here loves to wait for long periods of time. We wait for our coffee to brew in the morning. We wait for the light to turn on our way to work. We wait in the, at least if you're me, the super long lines at Walmart. Every single time that you go, you always get the longest line, the slowest line. And, I mean, come on, if we start to talk about the DMV and going to get your driver's license renewed, like, that's just, no one wants to be there, right? So much of our life is spent just waiting. How we wait, though, is important to God, and the Bible talks about it. Did you know there's actually a right way to wait? Isaiah 40, 31, we read it a few moments ago, and, and most of you probably know that scripture it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Later on in Isaiah chapter 49, the last part of verse 23 says, for they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. That word wait there, it's translated from the Hebrew, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but we're going to go with it. Um, it's kavah, Q-A-V-A-H, and it means to wait for, look for, expect, hope, or to wait hopefully. So what does that look like? In my imagination, when we talk about waiting, usually we have this idea of going to a doctor's office where used to you would thumb through the old outdated magazines. Now we browse through our email and um, social media, but we sit there and the time slowly, slowly, slowly ticks by. You watch person after person come in, and then you watch a person that came 30 minutes after you leave the doctor's office, and you just know that somebody has forgotten you. Okay, that is the, that's the picture I get of waiting. And yet, that's not how the Lord wants us to wait. I think in these big seasons, these seasons where we're waiting for the Lord to bring about promise, um, sometimes it feels like that, but it doesn't have to be that way. I feel like how the Lord would want us to wait when we really take that definition of heart about to look for and expect and to wait hopefully for is imagine that you're in an airport terminal and you have a loved one that's been gone for a long time and you're being reunited. And so you're waiting and remember the days before 9-11 where you could actually wait right outside the, the gate. Um, and so you see the people start coming off the jetway and you're looking and you're peering through, and if you're me who am short, you are on tiptoe just waiting to see past everybody to make sure you don't miss your loved one getting off the plane, all right? There's an expectation, there's a hope, there's a joy that's associated with that kind of waiting. And for me, that's what I believe this passage is saying. When we are waiting on him, number one, it says we're not going to be ashamed. But number two, it says we can actually wait hopefully. We can wait with joy. It doesn't have to be boring like a doctor's office. Um, it's an active waiting. 
versus a passive, okay? We think of waiting, we think nothing happening, and yet just the opposite is true. Um, any ladies in here that have been pregnant will tell you that in a waiting time of nine months that there's a whole lot happening because your body shows just what's going on on the inside, okay? Waiting, when we wait the way the Lord wants us to, it actually enlarges us. It does not diminish us. Um, when a woman is pregnant, there is no extra amount of sleep. There's nothing extra that she can eat, and there's nothing else that she can do uh, to shorten that time of waiting and that nine-month incubation period. I mean, sure, there's some things at the end that they say may work, may not. I don't know. Uh, but there's no guarantee, all right? When we wait, that's what's happening on the inside. Our spirit man is actually enlarging. There's a capacity in us that is growing to be able to carry more and to be able to do more. We just don't always see it. Romans 4.20, Abraham didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. While we wait for the promise, we believe God, and it actually strengthens us. Okay, I hate strength training, like absolutely despise it. If I'm going to work out, my choice of activity is to run, okay? Last year, I ran a couple marathons, and I actually have a friend here that ran one with me. Um, I know we're a little crazy, but that's, it's okay. Um, I would rather run all day and for hours upon end than do any push-ups, than do any planks, than lift any kind of weight, um, my husband is just the opposite. He would rather go to the gym. He can tell you what all the machines do, how you do them. Like, he can, he can tell you. I don't care. All right? I would rather run um, than to do that. So I uh, was getting ready for a marathon last year in the spring, and we made sure we ate the right things, and we trained, and ran the 20 miles that you run before you run a marathon and then you start tapering off and I made sure I had the right shoes and the right clothes and and the right fuel the right nutrition and you experiment with all those things and learn what to do and what not to do and what your body your stomach can tolerate some people like gels I can't stand them some people like gummies some people eat candy okay everybody does something different everybody's like a candy sign me up right um and so here we go it's the day of the first marathon and Going, going felt pretty good, but that particular day, the wind was very, very strong. And it's not just a little bit where it kind of, you know, just your hair's blowing in the breeze, but the kind of wind that, I mean, it's pushing you over. And I realized that I was going to have to walk. Now, up until that point, anytime I thought about a marathon, I was like, okay, it's not a legit marathon if I have to walk any portion of it. Like, I'm going to run. It doesn't count if I have to walk as if that's going to shorten the distance any. But here I am finding myself having to walk and realizing I was not strong enough to run through that wind. I realized that my lack of strength affected how well I ran that race. I did not do as well as I wanted to do. I did finish, um, but if I would have been stronger, I would have been able to endure and to go farther and do it in a lesser amount of time than I actually did. The same is true for us. This gap, these spaces in between the time that God makes us a promise and the time that that promise is fulfilled sometimes feels like a marathon. It feels like there's no end to it. 
like we are stuck doing the same thing over and over and you see nothing sometimes. You don't know where you are. For Abraham, 25 years. It wasn't until actually, I believe it was the year before um, they actually had Isaac that the Lord said, you know, I'm going to come and this is when it will be. Up until then, though, he is just believing God, just trusting him. He's strengthening himself because the Lord gave him a word. All right? He believed God, and he was strengthened. We grow in our faith when we believe God and take him at his word. Remember, how you wait in the gap, it matters. You can wait well. My third point We're going to praise him until the promise comes. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And then verse 21 said, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. We're going to praise him until the promise comes. It's easy to praise him when we're surrounded by other believers. I don't know about you, but it was incredibly easy to worship here a few moments ago. When you feel the presence of God, when the music is just right, you know, when you're all here dressed in your Sunday best, you can enter in together. There's a strength that comes from that. It's easy to praise in those moments. But what happens on Monday when you wake up and the complete healing still isn't there? Or when you come to church on a Wednesday night, and if you were like me, surrounded by pregnant women, and yet your arms are still empty, what happens when the holidays come and you're so thankful for them to leave because those adult children that you have are grandchildren who are running from the Lord and from you still are nowhere to be found? We get tired, don't we? We get tired in the waiting. It's hard to praise when we see nothing happening, when nothing is changing. Sometimes we get so tired that we take matters into our own hands. Abraham did. Here we are, we're talking about the promises and and the Lord gave him and he was fully convinced and he was strengthened. But in that portion in Romans, it doesn't say what it did in Genesis. That actually he and Sarah got tired of waiting. And so Sarah was like, here, take my servant Hagar take her. And then from that union, Ishmael came. And there was a mess made of things. And we still see that today played out in the Middle East. Now God used it and he covers everything that we do. And what Abraham did in that moment of taking matters into his own hands, it didn't negate the promise of God. God still used it. But we can hang on. When he says he's going to give us something, he will do it. We're going to praise him until the promise comes, whether it seems close by or it's never seemed further. I can stand here before you today and say that what that gentleman said and spoke over us about having children, it came true. They're sitting in front, and I am so thankful. And because God did that there, I can look at other things in Jay and my life that we've prayed for and that the Lord has given us a word about, and we're still waiting to see the fruition and sometimes it's tiring because, can I be quite frankly, there had, we're probably on year nine of a promise that the Lord gave us, and we still haven't seen it come to pass yet. And so you can believe there are times where it gets tiring, and it's hard, and you're like, God, I, I don't know about this. Did I hear you right? Did we miss something? And yet the Lord is faithful in just saying, just wait. I will bring it to pass if you will just hold on.
we get in a hurry and we try to make things happen. I was at work this week and uh, it's spring break, so it was just office staff and I was the only one in my building and was like, okay, nobody's here. Um, I work in the office and so I'm always taking lunches and passing out band-aids to all the kids in the elementary building. And um, there was a room down the hall that needed some attention. So I went in there and was just trying to straighten some things up. And, and there was a table that was stacked on top of another one. I was like, oh, I can do this. I'm strong enough. Yeah, remember the one who likes not to do any strength training? Um, I pulled the table down, and I end up hurting my back. Just a little bit of strain, nothing too crazy. Um, but all week, as I've gotten ready for this morning, um, I've been reminded of what it means when we don't wait for help, when we don't wait for what we need, and we take matters into our own hands thinking we can do it. We end up causing injury, and we end up hurting ourselves, and that's not what the Lord designed. We're going to praise him until the promise comes. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, it says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We strengthen ourselves, but when we come in and spend time in his presence and in worship, it builds, it builds our strength. If you are tired today, there's supernatural strength available for you through his Holy Spirit. And if, if you've gotten tired of waiting and have taken matters into your own hands to make something happen that maybe God didn't um, quite intend in his perfect plan, then there's grace and mercy to cover that. Jesus said in the book of John that he was giving us the gift of his Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, it's translated from um, a word that says parakletos, and it means our helper. He's our aid. He's our assistant. He's the one that acts as an attorney on our behalf. He's the one that comes and intercedes for us at the right hand of God. And um, one of my favorite things, and I didn't realize it until I was writing out the message. Uh, I don't know who said it or where I heard it, but it's one of my favorite things about the Holy Spirit um, that very often I'll refer back to. And it's this, that the Holy Spirit, it's the, he's the one who fills in all the gaps. I'm like, Lord, you're so good. We have this, when we are looking at this season of our lives, um, just Jay and I personally, that it we don't know where the end is. It really does feel like a marathon, like nothing is changing. The scenery looks just the same. We don't see a finish line, and yet his Holy Spirit is ever so present and is there to help and to fill in those gaps. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us into a deeper knowledge of God's word and gives us divine strength needed to enable you for whatever you're facing. Um, we talk about God's grace and mercy so much. And those things, I mean, where would we be without them, right? Um, my favorite de definition of grace is his ability in me to do that which I can't do on my own. When we are in these seasons of waiting, sometimes we just want to let go and be like, God, I can't anymore. And he says, no, actually you can because my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And it's here today and it's available. Everything that we need to stand in this unfilled space called the gap is only found in him. He will perform what he's promised. His word, I can't think of a better, um, a better way to strengthen yourself than to find yourself in his word. You know, Abraham, he didn't have Isaiah 40, 31. 
Um, and those scriptures to stand on about him giving weak to the strong or power to those that are weak. But he did have times from God. I believe there were five separate occasions in the span of those few chapters where the Lord appeared to Abraham and was very direct with him and said, I am going to make you a father of many nations. You will have descendants. You will have a son. He did have those moments with God that he could go back to. And we have that God gives us his word. He gives us these stories of people in the Bible that have gone before us that have had to go through some pretty crazy things. And yet, we can glean strength from their story. He's put those there to let us know we're not alone. He's with us. You, it, what may feel like you're the only one in the world that's ever gone through something or going through what you're going through right now. He's saying, no, there have been many others before, but I've done it for them and I can do it for you. God gave Abraham and Sarah this couple that were well past childbearing years. He gave them a son. He did what was impossible. And I'm here to tell you today that the same God, the same God who can do it back then, it's not just a story in the Bible that we reference today, but he is alive today and he is for you and he loves you and he has good things in store for you and he is the same God and he will do it for you. You might have to wait, but he will do it. He will do exactly what he's promised. So remember in the gap, God is standing there with an invitation. Will you accept it? Accepting it means saying yes, but know that you're saying yes to waiting. How you wait matters, so wait well. And praise him until the promise comes. Um, as we close out, I would like to speak a blessing over you, if you'll allow me. Um, you know, I believe there are things in his word that the Lord has said, I have given you these things and all you have to do is reach out and receive them. We don't have to, to beg and plead and um, ask the Lord to consider giving us strength. His word says that he does and that he will. And so if you would just stand with me, we're gonna begin to close out. And so I'm just taking his word and speaking it over you. We are just partnering with heaven um, that everything that he has for you, we're just decreeing it as so on earth. So if that's you today, if you're like, you know what, I, I'm tired. I'm really, really tired, and I don't know how I can keep going, but I need the Lord. I just, I need a fresh grace. I need supernatural grace from on high to come and strengthen me. Would you just lift your hands? And um, we're just going to, to speak this over you. Arise, church. I bless you today with strength from on high that the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, the one who neither faints nor is weary, that he may give power to you that are weak and that he would increase strength to those of you that feel as if you have no might. I bless you with the awareness of his invitation towards you to dwell in intimacy with and dependency on the very one who sustains you. May you wait hopefully for him with an attitude of joyful expectation, knowing that as you wait, he will renew your strength. 
You will mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. I bless you today, church, according to Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit, who is your helper, and your inner man. I bless you with supernatural joy that it would be your strength. And I bless you with grace to wait in the gap, the space between death and life, sickness and healing, promises made and promises fulfilled. May you know his all-sufficient grace and be fully convinced that what God has promised, he will perform. Pastors Chris and Nancy, I bless you with strength to equal your days for everything that the Lord has placed in front of you. As you stand as pillars in this house and you shepherd from his heart, may he grant you all wisdom, provision, and rest for your souls that comes from him alone. May you know his good pleasure over you and your family. And Arise Church, I bless you with seeing every promise that he has in store for you come to pass that every word that's been spoken over years and decades, that now you are on a tipping point to receive, that you would see everything and walk in the fullness of what he has called to come to pass. That this church would shine as a beacon in the community for the lost and the hurting. That when they come into these doors, they would find trophies of his grace and his mercy in these four walls. I bless you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.